everyone. Welcome back to What's for Brunch. Here's the second part of our Akatar discussion. Enjoy. Okay, so we're kind of talking about like the inner circle. And you asked me what my thoughts are, and I thought it was kind of like a predictable thing. So the inner circle, the original inner circle is made up of um, the Bat Boys, mm-hmm. um, Reese. And okay, so I guess backstory, the Bat Boys are Illyrians, which is a race in Perinthian, a race of fairies who have wings. Um, Reese is not, he's only like part Illyrian, correct? Yes, because... wasn't his mother Illyrian yes Mm -hmm. so Reese's mother was Illyrian so he's part Illyrian but he's also like a shape he can also shape shift so he can get wings and he can get rid of wings whenever he wants so people call them the bat boys because they have wings so it's Reese Cassian and Asriel and then we have Amran who is this creature from another world who is super old and all-knowing and she's reduced to basically practically human in um Corinthian terms. Side note, have I ever sent you that theory about who she is in the like Old Testament? No, who is it? So I I could not tell you, but I think she based a lot of what Amran is after what is in the Bible. That's so I'll have cool. to send it to you. I'll have to send it to you because she's coming from a universe that they bait like literally they describe in the bible so she's one of those like i think she's a fallen angel is what they call her yes and then they put her into this universe from that one so i'll have to send it to you that's one of the biggest things that i do like is that she didn't like i'm not saying she like copied in any sort of way but sjm used like Mm -hmm. different material to as inspiration so there's like lore within the lore if that makes sense so there's like lore from the actual story but then there's like people making theories about who like Amran is so Amran is this like mysterious person who um we don't know much about her past because the characters in the story don't know anything about her past Mm -hmm. so um we don't know who she is or what her true powers actually mean uh, she's actually one of the coolest characters. She's the most like straightforward on the straight and narrow. I, this is who I am. Um, and she's somebody that you would go to like if you needed advice or you needed help. But she's also like a straight up like, <laughs> like bitch. Because yeah. her and Nesta get along so well. They have that little like falling out or whatever. Right. But they get along so well because I feel like their personalities match so well. They're just very like, like you said, this is who I am. This is what you get. Like, I'm a powerful bitch. I know I am. Yeah. And then that's it. Right. And so like, I like her. She's, she's gotta be, honestly, she might be my favorite character because she's just so unapologetically herself. And even Mm -hmm. after, spoiler alert, she turns into basically having no powers. She basically gave up her powers to save the world. Um, she's still personality-wise who she is, and I really appreciate that. And she's funny. She's like the funny person besides Cassian, who I appreciate. And I love all the men in this. I really do. Um, <laughs> but okay, let's jump back because we're getting off on so many tangents. <laughs> But I feel like the people who are going to be watching this are the people who know us. And if you've ever had a conversation with us, you know that we talk about 5 million things at one time. <laughs> at one time. You eventually learn to keep up. So yes. sorry for all the tangents, but we're jumping back to what, Maddie, your thoughts are on the inner circle. Okay, so I I liked the inner circle in the beginning. I think it was... like you said it was a good idea it's how you brought in all these like new characters it's how you introduced who she was going to be with in there and I think that Feyre like fit so well in that and that's where yeah that's where she that's what she needed that's where she needed to be but I really don't appreciate the way that they tried to make everyone else fit and by everyone else I mean Nesta okay (laughs) because I get that Cassian's in the inner circle it makes sense that's where he's always been but you are trying to take this like woman who is larger than life and you're trying to like bring her down and take all these things away from her so that she fits 
in this circle. And I really like appreciate how SJM makes her like meet these other people and become friends with these other people. And she has this other life that doesn't have to do with the inner circle. Like Farah's whole life is the inner circle. Those are her yeah. friends. It's her husband. Like, and I think that fits her. And I think but that's Nesta's what she needs. But Nesta's not the same. But Nesta should not be formed into this like smaller person just so she can fit in with these people and yeah. I really like one of the reasons I love Eris is because he's like you could do so much more than what you're doing in th- in the night court it's like we're and like, I truly believe on that. the edge of of like oh we love Cassian mm-hmm. there's nothing there is absolutely mm. no no character flaws no <laughs> absolutely cassian is a feminist icon he has mm. been fighting for female fae rights since the day he was fucking born there the is Valer- really- the valerians he, he is he the loves comic them. relief he is a breath of fresh air he is built and strong and tall and he's a fucking man but then you introduce Eris, who's like, you could do more really than what you're doing. I can dance, and what you're doing is cool as shit. And I think you should do more. And speaking and, of doing and, more, and Cassian doesn't think it. it's time to drink again, bitches. Oh, shit. We're repeating the timer because this is already going into part two. If we're into part two, congratulations. We're at the beginning of it, but here we go. Okay. But Eris okay. is such an intriguing character that I feel like people aren't it really is. About. And I really like what they did with Lucian's character because you always know that he's different. Yeah. Then I feel like I just jumped from the inner circle to this, but like. No he's you can tell he's different and it makes so much sense that he's hellion's son now because he is different yes i love like he doesn't that. look the same he doesn't act the same he doesn't feel the same so it's like it makes sense but like i'm ready for them to finally do something with bear barris is that how you yes. say it? yes barris. So i'm so ready for them to do something with that because it's like they just keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and like it's finally time for heirs to do something right and so um there's certain high lords in each of the different um they're kind of seasonal so there's a winter mm-hmm. and a spring and a fall there's like the autumn court but and then there's also like nighttime daytime you know who i fucking love who why can't i'm too i'm getting too tipsy to remember his name mm-hmm. the summer court parkin Tarkin. Yes. Tarkin is like this. Me too. Prince. He's the prince of the summer court. He's very young and naive and he doesn't know anything and he just wants a fucking friend. And and Reese. And he thought he had one. He thought he had one. He really did. He really did. And they ended up going back and being like, hey, we really do want to be friends. We fucked you over, but we want to be friends. But they used Tarquin. And I, why am I saying Tarquin? Uh, that's what I called him the whole entire time. And then the only reason I said Tarquin is because we we're on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I called him Tarquin. Sure if it's Tarquin. I think I was saying Tarquin because there's a cue, but it might be silent. That's what I'm thinking. Like they're doing more of like a Tarkin one. It's but definitely then also... like a Q U E type of situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tar- but anyway, he's like the sweetest little puppy dog ever. And I love him. He's one of my favorite characters because he's one of the people that SJM basically characterizes as being good. Just, mm-hmm. just solely good and nothing mm-hmm. else. And I really appreciate that. And I love him. <laughs> and I don't even know where I was going with this, to be honest. I just really loved him. Um, I know but, I loved oh, him. Yeah, I was explaining Perinthian, which we probably should have done in the last episode. But we're doing it now. Um, so join us for the ride. But uh, Perinthian is separated by um, both seasonal and... <laughs> 
My okay. dumbass doesn't know how to say type of day. Um, so AM and PM. <laughs> AM and PM. There's a <laughs> night court and there's a day court. <laughs> <laughs> yes it's ruled by a different high lord um and i think we were talking about Eris, and we were talking about lucian who are kind of related but kind of as we learn more in the story um lucian might have a different father than what we expected and his father mm-hmm. is elian elian um, who we're calling Hellion, even though Maddie doesn't know how to say his name. Elian. Uh, I'm making the decision right now that I don't care what his true name is. We're calling him. I don't Hellion. like Helion, but it's also interesting to me that that is on- one of the only um, courts that she based off of an actual Greek god. Yeah, I think it means that like there's something about the courts that she pays attention to and the courts that she doesn't. Um, yes. So and- it's like I I ended up reading Circe not that long ago. And Hellion is obviously the god or the titan of the sun. And so I was like looking back and he's he's the high lord of the day court, right? Right. So it's like he controls the sun. So it was just very interesting to me that she didn't base any of her other, or maybe she did. And I just, I'm not like experienced in any of those like gods or titans I'm or not. anything, but like Hellion is the only one that she based off of like a Greek God, which is interesting to me. Right. And I, I think <laughs> here's my theory. Here's my theory is that SJM's fave character is Hellion. <laughs> well she built this man up he's the coolest he has a fucking pegasus right he rides in on that pegasus he wants to be seen he's like he's like so even Feyre who is like let's say 80 to 85 percent of the time the main character even though we switch back and forth um Feyre loves him she loves his court. She loves everything about him. Mm-hmm. And, but she's never going to be there. She's, her mate is Reese. She belongs truly in the inner circle and in, in the night court. court. Yeah. So she's mm-hmm. never going to be in the day court. But the amount of time they spent on describing the day court and its beauty and its architecture and its art and everything, it's like, we're meant to be there. Do I want to yeah. be in the sun all day and the clouds and like fucking Yeah, I do. Living my life. Yeah, I do. I do. I want to be there. That's where I, I choose to be. So I think that's the place to be. Uh, I I love that man. I don't know why. I love that man so much. I don't know first, if it's because he's a Greek god. I don't know if it's because yeah. of anything else, but I, one of my favorite things to do is for a while, my TikTok was just Akatar after Akatar after Akatar. And I had started had to like, I got to the point where I had to dislike some of them, like uninterest them because I was like, oh my God, they're not even- anymore. I was talking to Victor and he was like, you're not even laughing at them. Sometimes we'll just lay and like watch TikToks. Right. And mm-hmm. he's like, you don't even laugh at them. Like you just scroll past <laughs> my favorite ones are the ones that where Feyre doesn't know how to read or write (laughs) so it's like the letters and everybody's like trying to read her letters and they're like I have to chicken crop (laughs) (laughs) it's that like old TikTok from back in the day that's like Mm -hmm. like you know the one that's like I had lost That's Feyre. Okay, side story. Feyre doesn't know anything. So as strong as is the main character, but um her family, um, her mother passed away and her family lost his fa- her father lost all his money and they had no money they had nothing she had no education because she was young at the time so nesta had all this education um elaine was like la di da i'm going to go play in my garden um and be a girly girl um not that there's anything wrong with that <laughs> <laughs> Oh 
that just goes back to our discussion earlier of how Elaine's character has not fully been written out I don't think um she's why not I would love it fully developed into her own person so I'm excited to see where that goes but then Feyre is just like the youngest sibling and there's nothing about her that is (laughs) well read no she She knows how to hunt she knows how to fight she's really good like yeah like she's really good in a situation like that but like anything else (laughs) so Reese after drugging her and sexually assaulting her and then professing his love to her says I'm gonna teach you how to read by saying uh by having you practice writing um and you're gonna Reese is the most beautiful creature in the entire world (laughs) Reese is awesome Reese is so fucking hot um Reese is the most powerful person in the world but mm-hmm. anyways in a sweet roundabout way he teaches her how to read um, in a sweet <laughs> wonderful <laughs> and uh, yeah so she's kind of um stupid <laughs> which is why okay we're gonna jump back to the first book for a second because I don't know if you remember this it's been a long long time since you've had to think about this Maddie but um in her trials under the mountain do you remember the riddle there's this riddle that Amarantha says Mm -hmm. if you can solve Mm -hmm. this riddle at any point you can just be free you can just like I'll just let everyone go and everything will be great and I'll be a nice person if you just figure out this riddle um and she can't figure it out and she can't do anything because she's not smart okay but I didn't know the answer to the riddle either no I was really upset by the riddle because the answer to the riddle which I don't remember what the riddle is doesn't make sense we should probably look up it doesn't make sense though it doesn't make sense um but the answer to it is love which makes me roll my eyes and want to fall on the floor um because the opposite of what Tamlin shows her after they've answered the riddle is love he's most fucker yeah okay so the riddle, this riddle was posed to Favor Archeron by Amarantha when they were under the mountain. When Favor went under the mountain to declare her love for Tamlin, the high lord of the spring court of Perinthian, <laughs> aka Tamlin, and self-proclaimed her, which is Amarantha, as the high queen she was trying to take over the world. Um, she said, there are those who seek me a lifetime, but never we meet. And those I kiss, but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet. At times I seem to favor the clever and the fair, but I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large, my ministrations are soft-handed and sweet, but scorned, I become a difficult beast to to defeat. I'm drunk. (laughs) For though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow. Before each of the trials, she asked Feyre if she knew the answer to the riddle. Um, and Feyre didn't know because she couldn't, she she not only couldn't read, but she didn't have any education at all. Like she didn't know how to come up with like her own ideas when it came then, to like words. Right. And then at the end, she talks about how um, she figures it out because she's staring Tamara. Okay. This just brings up a point is favorite just murders two people. But that's a lot of her like like that's what sets her off in the second book. Yeah. Okay, so long story short is that we just took a bathroom break. Um we yeah, drank much <laughs> and now we had to pee and we apologize. We're not yes. good at this. Um, but what I was saying, long story short, is that Feyre can't read, and Reese taught her all these things, and that the inner circle was really, really good for Feyre, but it wasn't necessarily good for other people, like Nesta, right? Yes, that was the, I think that's my whole problem with it, is that I don't hate the inner circle, like, they can, like, they're a group of friends who love each other and would do anything for each other, and they make all these decisions for the night court, 
and I think that's good for them but like the fact that Amran always tried to force Nesta to be one of them and always think the same way as them and think that everything that they did was right was always something that threw me off because like I said earlier Eris always said that she was meant for something bigger than the night court and I think that's true because mm-hmm. even though she had all these powers she's still like a very smart hard-working like powerful person right so it's like I don't think she fits no matter how hard she tried to SJM tried to make her like seem like she fit like when she came in and danced with Eris on that ball and the yeah under the mountain or wherever they were where were they right. no, they were just in the night court I think yeah they were just in like inside the thing mm-hmm. and so it's like you make her like seem like she's meant to be there but like also you still feel like she's not meant to be there like she's right. meant for something so much more than that because I think she's the most herself when she's in her little mini book club. Yes. Um, with her like, friends, her true friends. Like Farrah found, yeah, her found family. Let Nesta do her own thing and find her own people because no matter how hard you try, Farrah and Nesta are never going to be two people. And I think that's true. I think that's realistic and honest. And I think they're sisters, so they have this these things in common that and they love each other no matter what but they are different people and it's okay to say we have this whole inner circle that lasted us 80 percent of the book um but nesta doesn't belong in there she she's gonna form her own group and that's what she does with emery and gwen and she's starting to do that i think it's kind of funny that it's kind of like a little mini book club and that they read smut yes Uh, so like and then like they're in- forming their own people like they're forming their own group like the yeah. valkyries they're trying to remake this thing that was so big and i like i want it to happen so bad because of course it's a badass group of women right, right. <laughs> and i will yeah. always support that but like she's not just trying to conform to whatever Feyre thinks is best and whatever reese thinks is best because i feel like in like what book two three four we're always it's always like oh what Reese thinks and the decisions that Reese makes that should be final but like I don't I don't think that and I really want her to like break out and be her own person yeah and I kind of chalk that up to sometimes like writing because I feel like sometimes Reese is the only person to be thinking like rationally but he's really not in the whole pregnancy Mm -hmm. thing with Feyre he's Mm -hmm. really not and so he's making all these decisions still, but like they don't talk about how anyone's like guiding him. And I think Nesta could have been a big part of that. And mm-hmm. she doesn't have to be, she can be in the inner circle, but have her own thing at the same time. Yeah, but he's also, you can tell, intimidated by her. Yes. And what she does and her opinions, because they're not all the same as his. And he's only ever been used to people sitting around him and being like, you're right. But I know you're so smart like every decision that you make is right and every decision he makes is not right (laughs) I um, am okay so part of me is like in a sense like yes go for it let Nesta go for everything let her be that powerful but on the other thing other hand I feel like her and and Reese say Reese is this like um straight and narrow morally good person who has common sense and does right and wrong say he is this good ruler right put them together and let them go side by side or head to head and see what happens because the best combination is the both of them together see and who he has now is a high lady who is Feyre who I think I love Feyre I think she would have been such a good warrior Mm-hmm. but I don't think she has like the smarts and the experience okay I'm sorry but she I doesn't know. have that stuff like she will just follow whatever Reese says and think that that is a good idea right because she's in love with him and right. he's her mate but if you had somebody who actually challenged him and was like wait why don't you think about it this way then like you said I think it would be so good if they were side by side but you can't do that now you can't like switch it around because she's high lady he's like high lord which I love that he made her high lady 
but then also the minute Pharaoh does something that he didn't agree with is he gonna be like oh sorry I'm pulling the high lord card yeah yeah and we're gonna do it my way yeah I don't know I feel like there's a lot and I feel like you and I maybe have too high of expectations and maybe other maybe other people feel this way too maybe you don't maybe you went into it thinking I'm just gonna read this for a love story um but I feel like us with our we have really high expectations about what this world is gonna be and, and the things that we read and the things that we watch um we don't necessarily need the love story to like be a part of it they could have both been opposing forces and I'm really glad that they're opposing forces but I want more and but but I at the end of the day I think that's what an author probably wants is to leave the readers feeling like you want more and I do I want more I want more character growth I want more storylines I want more future of what they're going to do together um but I so like go ahead going into that though like do you think that she's going to challenge him any longer or do you think she's just gonna fall beneath what he wants because now she's she's with Cassian Cassian's not as high up as you know Reese is so it's like do you think it's gonna come in and be like she's still gonna challenge him or do you think she's gonna be like okay I'll do whatever you want Right. I don't know. That would disappoint me so much. I feel like, and we had talked about this before with Nesta and with Feyre, um, it's already happened. So we've already kind of like accepted it, right? Like she's mm-hmm. already kind of falling into this um, one dimensional character of, I have to do this to protect my family. Um I can't be crazy. I have to be this just and sound ruler. I have to go along with what Reese says. But that is exactly the opposite of everything Nesta's character was ever built up to be. And I think <laughs> that if that were to happen, I would be really disappointed for Nesta. But I don't. I honestly that. like don't think that I would read anymore if they turned Nesta into what they turned Amran into. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen for her. I think Nesta is just going to, if really there's going to be another book and it's going to be about like the next love triangle of Azrael and whoever his, his kid, don't even get me started about why is Azrael and why we're not focused on like Gwen or something like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like, how can you give Elaine a point of view at this point? Like you gave Nesta a point of view because Nesta had a fucking character. You Elaine have doesn't to. have anything. Elaine doesn't have a character. She does not have a personality. So it's yeah. like you you built Nesta up to be this big like bad person, right? Which I think wasn't fair in the first place. But like you gave her a whole entire book that was longer than any other book in the series, right? You can't so, do that with know. Elaine. Elaine doesn't have enough. Happen sorry I don't know what's gonna happen moving forward I also one of the things that I wrote down as a comment to this is that I don't think it translates well I know people have had their conspiracy (laughs) theories about how this is maybe picked up by Hulu I I think it is um I don't want to be let down I think I'm kind of disappointed that Hulu's the one who picked them up because anytime <laughs> no Hulu offense. does anything with a series, like I think the last time Hulu did something with a series was when they did the is it called Munchausen's? What was it? Joey King. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't whoever. Remember. Which was good. That was a good series. I watched that series, but like anything else, I'm just like I know. I don't think there was enough world building in this mm-hmm. to translate it to a series, but there's not enough. So if this does translate and it does become a, a TV series on whatever platform it may be, it's not going to be the same. And I think reading this beforehand, right beforehand, and it being so popular, it gives you kind of like an insight to that and that your characters because there's so many ups and downs with the characters because there's so many what ifs with the characters that any tv show that picks it up is gonna do whatever they want with it so they can make it like they can make it worse yes so so the thing is is have you seen the stuff on like it ends with us no not really 
Okay. I read It Ends With Us like a really long time ago. I thought it was really good. It was Colleen Hoover. I'm not like a big fan of her anymore, but I was a big fan of her back then. Yeah. Um, they finally cast who they wanted for yeah. that movie. And people, it has been so long since that book got big that people have like built it up to be this giant thing, picked who they wanted already, all this stuff. Nobody's right. happy with what's happening with it. Nobody's I think that Aquatar has been building and building and building and building to the point that whoever they choose to play the characters and however they do it, it's automatically going to be a letdown anyway. Yeah. So I think like... <laughs> like, and like you said, translating well, like the things that happen in the book are not going to translate well into an actual like tv series yes and so i think that if this does because it is very popular mm-hmm. it's very popular um i remember over the holidays i was reading this and i was with my cousin and we were going to go to barnes and noble because there was the sale and i was like you guys like i was in the car i was getting ready to get out i was like you guys just know I'm on the hunt for these books. And if we go into the store and I just disappear, that's where I'll be. Like, I'm just going to make a beeline. And my cousin's like, oh my God, I'm reading this series. Like, I'm going to do the same thing. So just like, if we disappear, like, don't worry about us. We'll catch up with you at the end. And then we're going through the store. We end up at the same table and we're both looking for the Akatar books. (laughs) We're like, oh my God, this is so funny. We have got to like keep notes with each other and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like this, these books are so popular. It's genuinely a a possibility that these could be put into a TV or a movie or something like that. But I think it's it's almost like the after whatever those were. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm scared that it's going to be like that level of quality. Um, so I say prepare to be let down. That sounds really pessimistic. Okay, but also with the after series, I read the first book and then I read halfway through the second book. Yeah. And the books were <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I've never read the movie. We're not up. gonna touch on those. Yes, nope. <laughs> but um with the the Akatar ones, I think it's a real possibility that people could be at least looking into them. Yeah. Sort of and I think that somebody, nothing against Hulu, but I think that some, I think somebody could have picked it up and done something really good with it. And I don't think that Hulu will do something really good with it. I don't think so either. So mm-hmm. I'll be happily surprised yeah. if something. If we go in with low expectations, then maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Which is okay. what we do with. But okay, so we're gonna jump back a bit and talk about one, a couple, like maybe two last things that we haven't touched on on Akatar. And the first is Lucian and his storyline. He's been an important character since the beginning. Lucian has been this sort of side character, but kind of like the almost like the best friend character in a typical story he's been like that person and he deserves and I think it's leading up to him getting his own sort of character development character arc his an end to his story um we haven't talked about that yet and we haven't talked about how we feel about mates in general um you and I read a book a long long time ago <gasps> don't <laughs> in our past that I kind of want to talk about because when I first started reading this I it really brought up the feelings of that so I kind of want to touch on that but first let's talk about Lucian and his new inner circle yes. and that's going so Lucian is now kind of um doing work for the traditional inner circle um, with Reese and all them but he's working for them kind of as a spy and he's working with Vasa and then a person named Jurian um, mm-hmm. if I'm saying that right Jurian who is part of the history so if you've read Akatar, you know who he is he's a pretty big character in the war that's going on in Akatar, and um, people are trying to take over the world and he had this love interest who was involved in that um and so he was has his own trauma and his own story but him and this human queen vasa and Jur or sorry not jurian but lucian we needed another drink 
This might be the last I one. I finished. I need it to be the last one because I will be severely not well. <laughs> so um, these people have kind of formed their own family in the same way that Nesta and her friends have formed their own family. Um, I see you've started on your cranberry. I, I'm almost done with my cranberry, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, my God. This was my mom's bottle of wine, so I'm going to have to go buy her a new bottle of wine. She's supporting. She's like the, um, she's like our ad for this, our sponsor. Shelly Fitzgerald. I feel like we should do a cheers real quick. I feel like okay. we have any drink updates because we've just been going every 15 minutes. Um, we are absolutely plastered at this point. Uh, we're usually it's not going to be like this though right because we're not going to be discussing a whole entire like series yeah I feel like we had to we didn't have enough to talk about book by book in the Akatar series Mm -hmm. Uh, so it kind of fit better for us to have a part one of random things and then a part two of random things random yeah um but I know we were talking about Lucian's inner circle and how he's kind of found this thing but um what that really makes me think about, and uh, this is the first book, I've read a few different series, um, that a fantasy series that talk about mates. Oh yeah, going back to what we read in like what junior high, freshman year of college, yes, high school, yes. yes. So we read these books. What I think her name was like Quinn Loftus. Yes, they were the Gray Wolf series. Remember, it was called the Gray Wolf series, and I love this. I think I read this like four or five times. Mm-hmm um I absolutely- I kept reading it like over the years because I loved it that much yeah but this was one of my favorite series of all time my sister read it with me you read it with me my mom read it with me we all loved it we, yeah we had our characters we like- yes, and in a way it reminds me a lot of Akatar and the feelings that we felt while we were reading Akatar and the connection that we had to different characters versus the others but um, in this Feral Wolf series, and um, similar to other series that are like this kind of fantasy series, I keep saying that word, um, there's this concept of mates and fated mm-hmm. mates, and that you belong to one person and only one person. And this is the first series I've read that it has come up that the person that you're mated with, the person that you're supposed to be with you or meant to be with it's destiny it's fate it's this mind connection that you have this physical connection that you have is not actually perfect me too because I guess I guess the only other time I've ever read about mates is in the series you were talking about the gray wolf series yeah but then like all the time when you think about mates you're thinking like oh they're gonna have to love each other like they're gonna have to want to be with each other like there's no other way but yeah Elaine and Lucian are the first people I've ever seen that don't want I mean I guess Lucian wants to be with her yeah she does not want to be with him yeah in this fae this fairy world there are again this concept of fated mates um, and that you have one destined mate that you're supposed to be with. And there's not only this mind connection, which is a pretty popular trope in this type of series of, uh, or in this mate type of situation, uh, that you can mind connect, that you can speak between each other's minds, but you feel the same things and you're just destined to be together. And the other series or series that I've read um, it pretty l- much lines up with what's actually you feel like it's actually supposed to happen. Like those two characters are um, fated to be together and this two characters are fated to be together. Um, and this is the first series that I've read where these two characters are fated to be together, but it doesn't make sense. And not only that is there's yeah. a history of other characters. So Reese's parents and Tamlin's parents Mm -hmm. um, they both the mother and father in this situation were mated they were mates they were meant to be together but they don't fit and they don't love each other so Mm -hmm. in a way SJM made this different from other books that are similar to this and I think this is a huge plot point for Elaine and Lucian who's one of the main characters moving forward is that um this concept of mates does it mean anything I don't know 
I, okay. So I don't know what the point of making the mates was. Like, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just makes so much more sense when you think of, and a lot of people have like theorized that um, Tamlin and Amarantha were mates. Like they were actual true mates. Yeah. Um, which makes still makes sense to me, but I cannot for the life of me figure out why Elaine and Lucian like they have nothing in common they don't want the same things they're not from the same court but I'm thinking maybe like I don't know yeah and she's, it, not, she's not attracted to him. I don't know I don't know what she, it is she's not attracted to him and mm-hmm. I think if you look at it from his perspective he's been waiting how old is he hundreds of years old right yes and he's known that he's always supposed to have like a true mate she yeah. has never thought anything like that in her life before now and I think that's so honest and realistic about these books is that uh-oh Time for our actual last drink. I have so much left. Me too. I'm just going to top it off a little. So I think um, for them, it's really realistic in that these people don't come from this world, but the characters like Lucian, who are from this Perinthian world, um, believe that they one day will have this one true soulmate. Mm -hmm soulmate who nobody will ever come above and so for Lucian he's trying to deal with those 500 years probably worth of thinking that this has got to be his person because that's the way that it is and then he lost his love from before yeah that he really thought he was supposed to end up with and that's like what happened to his eye and everything but like yeah how do you deal with that like how do you right like are you supposed to look at mates as something as like you don't have to be together you can just be like I don't know really good friends or like are you supposed to look at it as like you're supposed to be with this person and I like that because I'm one of those people who does not think as much as I um enjoy the entertainment of the concept of mates it's not Mm -hmm. realistic it's not real no it's nothing like what the real world is and so I like this concept of adding in that even though that you could be potential mates it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna end up together and I think that brings mm-hmm. about like a really good twist to the story that other books don't have that SJM mm-hmm. brings in that other stories don't and that at the rate we're going now if Elaine were to end up Lucian there would have to be some sort of crazy yes plot twist that we don't see coming for that to happen because they don't love each other they really don't Mm -hmm. and and like Lucian might love her or think that he loves her right now and think that this is what's supposed to happen but like honestly when you look at like his like band of exiles you see more chemistry between him and Vasa than you do between him and Elaine so it's like it's going different ways for him. Like it's what he's supposed to want and like what he actually wants. Exactly. So I'm and I, thinking that's going to play some like really, really big part in what's to come in the series. It has to, right? And like, I think you bring up a good point of um, mates aren't necessarily what they are supposed to be in this series. And for Lucian, there's this whole other side to the story. And there's a lot of predictions that come out of his band of exiles, which is basically his family, his version of the inner circle, right? Mm -hmm. So his are like, I really don't remember how he got so like in with them. It kind of just happened. I think it's like he didn't really feel like he had a place because you know Lucian and you know he's not going to fit in with the inner circle because they're nothing like him right so I think he really like found his people over there and Vasa is the isn't she the firebird she's like a firebird so she was one of the so in Perinthian in order to establish this sort of alliance with the human world this is lore in the story um the fae and the humans made this pact, this alliance. And part of that alliance included giving powers, sort of, to say, to a select few humans 
Um, and one of these humans was Vasa, but she was also cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that ended up cursing her and that she was sort of trapped in um, the body of, is it a bird? Is it I a phoenix? I think so. But like, I've always imagined this like Harry Potter phoenix like thing flying through the air. So by like, <laughs> is it by day she's phoenix and by night she's human? Or I can't remember. Yeah, no, that's what it is. It is. It's it's like Shrek, but with a phoenix. <laughs> but she that's a great comparison. Queen, who in order to be one of these human queens, she was cursed, and her curse is that she turns into a phoenix, and she lives out her days as a phoenix, um, except for certain parts of the day when she can be seen as again herself a human. Um, but she, they build her up to be a big character in Lucian's world. Yes. So, so that makes me like, kind of like steer off into like theories type of thing. Like, um, I keep wanting to fall, call this um, Queen Briaxis, but that's the, the the big monster in the bottom of the library. Yeah. cannot remember what the big monster is or the queen is. From the last book anyway she's the bad one the bad, um the bad it's one a bad but, um you know you have her as a villain and you're like she's gonna do big damage whatever like you thought was gonna happen with the war and i guess the war did do a lot of damage but you don't really see it that often mm-hmm. um so you have this queen come in and you're like oh we still have this queen to worry about and you know durian's not a problem anymore because he's part of this like band of exiles um but you have this queen come in and you're like oh she's gonna be huge problems she ends up not being that big of a problem because Nesta and Cassian can defeat her right pretty easily um so it makes you wonder who this like next villain is gonna be because obviously there has to be one right there has to be the, a villain to the story yeah in the incoming books so I'm wondering if they're building like Eris's family up to be the next villain or if they're going to take Lucian and his new like band of people and they're going to try to make them the villains which I really hope does not happen because you kind of made Jurian the villain you know in like a majority of the books you're like oh this man is bad he's against what we want blah 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 so it's like are we going to turn Jurian around again and we're going to make this band of exiles the ones who come in and try to change things or are we going to make like Eris and um, Barris? Barris? Barris, yeah. The the next villain, or are we going to turn it all around and are we going to make Reese seem like he is the next villain? I, I don't, don't know. know. They touch on the subject of Reese. I just hit my glass. They touch on the subject of Reese being like the lord of Corinthian in total, right? Which I am so upset about. Like, you don't even understand. I'm so upset about it because this man has fought for everyone to be equal this whole entire book. And if you all of a sudden make him come up and be like this, I'm going to rule everybody. Like, I'm going to be in charge of everybody, which I could see happening, but I don't want it to. It's going to make me very it's upset. sad it's sad because you know he doesn't want it but at the yes. at the same time you know he's the man for the job it's kind of like um game of thrones when you're like yeah. john snow it would have been a better ending for john to be the leader of everybody because he had suffered so much and he was such a good person mm-hmm. that even though he would have hated it it would have been mm-hmm. the perfect job for Role. him yeah it's almost like that it's, i kind of see them in a similar way of that but um yeah I don't know what's going to end up with that and I feel like I think you're on to something when you say that the villains of next time or at least the main characters of next time because I don't know who the main characters are going to be mm-hmm. in the next book if there is a next book but it's got to be Elaine and it's got to be Azriel, which means it's got to be Jewel or I mean, Lucian. That- yeah, maybe Lucian is going to play a really big role because you're either going to have to make Lucian her mate, which isn't going to make any sense to me at all, yeah. or you're going to have to make them into the villain who is going to somehow turn around. Because I like these people. I like yeah. what they're doing. I like I like their backstory. So it's kind of like, 
you can't really make them into the villain or you're going to have to somehow make it seem like they're both the villain. Or you make them into the best villain possible, which is a villain that people will still get behind. And then you're conflicted about which side you're actually on. Yeah. So it's like, okay, either way. I think that would be a good way to go. And I think that um, predictions moving forward, if there is another book, I think there's gotta be, I mean, come on, there's gotta be a story of Lucian. Yes, but there's also got to be, I don't know if they're going to try to tie in Barris and Eris into that, like, villain story, mm-hmm. or, like, what they're going to do with it, because they're trying to build up two different sides right now, and one is screaming villain more than the other is, but then also you don't know who's going to try to turn it back and come up to this yeah, and I think that Lucian has the potential to go either way. Do you make him a villain or do you keep him as a side character who's been this side best friend, this supportive role? He's not only been a best friend to Tamlin in his dark times, but a best friend to Feyre in her dark times. He's an OG. Yeah, yeah, he's the OG. Honestly, when I was reading the A Court of Thorns and Roses, when I was reading the first book, I was like, it's it's weird because it's like or it's like Tamlin's like a back character compared to Lucian Lucian is a person who is a good person who I genuinely feel like needs to be with someone I Mm -hmm. would care more about seeing Lucian's story than because Lucian's yeah Lucian's the one who made her escape or helped her escape right he's the one who was through it with her all like every single thing he was with her and he betrayed his best friend literally to go with her because he saw the way things were going at the spring court. So it's like, I care more about Lucian than I do about Tamlin because I don't know if you could redeem Tamlin at this point. Yeah, and I think you could redeem Tamlin, but mm-hmm. it would be a redemption arc, whereas Lucian deserves Mm-hmm. He has been here. He has been along the way. He deserves the credit for the work that he has put. Yeah. In. Yeah. People and, just feel bad for him at this point. <laughs> yeah. Right. You just feel bad. And you- it's because you can't just leave Lucian hanging. I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be horrible and you'd feel so like terribly bad for him that it right. would be like, <laughs> give this man something because he's made all the right decisions. But, like, he has nothing to show for it, you know? I know. We reward all these people for making the right decisions in the right mm-hmm. moment. But what are we going to reward Lucian for making the right decision yes. every time? And and that's really what I'm looking forward to if another book comes out is giving me more of that situation of that. It, whether it be a love triangle or whether it not be a love triangle, I don't care. Um anything any sort of character development and so in terms of those people is what I'm looking forward to in the next book is there anything that you think is going to happen in in a book that is to come or anything that you're looking forward to I just I I want I want good things to happen for these people because I don't know whether this is going to be the last book or not Mm -hmm. like I don't know whether it's going to be like the end of the series or not um, she's written how many now that like right. are the last one was 700 pages worth of information so it's like she kind of strayed off and she was going to do Nesta um, and she did Nesta and she gave Nesta a story and I don't know what she's going to do I don't know if she's going to focus on that anymore but like I would just love to see something happen for the people who have deserved to have something happen to them the whole entire series I don't know like maybe not focus on Elaine as much, but like focus on, I don't know. Yeah. The rest like, of the inner circle, like more. Yeah. How is more going to find her happiness? How is Azrael going to find his happiness? Um, how's Lucian going to find his happiness? Anything like that. I don't know. Yeah. Some people and me included even need Tamlin to get something. I need Tamlin to find something because he survived all of this at this point. And it's like, when are you going to give this man some like, I don't know, relief or like someone who actually understands him. And I know he didn't do all the right things in the first place. I understand. But like, 
maybe somebody who helps him get out of whatever he's in yeah like people make mistakes along the way I think that's Mm -hmm. the one good thing that us or not the one good thing but the multiple good things that SJM points out along the way is that um every character that you come across you're kind of like wait are they good or bad there is no good or bad Mm -hmm. they're all morally gray or either like they have to make decisions yes none of these decisions are going to be black or white right a decision for what they believe in and then you get to decide on your own whether you think it's the the right or wrong one yeah right exactly so I think that brings us to the end of our ACOTAR discussion I know that was all over the place and (laughs) incredibly from book to book so if you haven't read the books you won't even notice. It'll just seem even more chaotic to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you have read the books that you're going to know at least where we're jumping to. Um, but you know that we've jumped all over the place. We are absolutely wasted. I don't know how much you have left in your wine glass. I have nothing. Maybe a gulp or two. I don't know. A gulp? <laughs> yeah. Gulp or two. <laughs> Um, this second episode is going to be an absolute shit show because it's just going to be us talking about random things here and there. So we really have no order. Yes. <laughs> right. So we're hoping that you can follow this at all. Um, and hopefully it'll be better as we grow in the future as podcast. P.S. Yes. As we don't decide to start off our series as, um, a whole entire book series. Yeah then maybe I think it'll I think it'll get good I think it will too and that's me drunk saying that so that's got to be true right yes right yes so um what are we going to be talking about in the next episode I think that we should do (laughs) (laughs) we have to right because it's just so interesting and it's not even like it's not it's not a it's not a normal like rom-com or like you know like I could have heard all this like underlying like I'm in love with you shit and it you know this is just like pure like there's things to discuss there are definitely things to discuss and I cannot say anything because you're not done with it but like it's got such twists and such turns and like such like not modern thinking I would love to hear especially Caitlin discuss it because she knows a lot about this stuff honestly I don't feel like I know anything about it but um this is about a psychologist who is in a way being a detective trying to figure out what's wrong with his patient and how he can help her um and I feel like this is a really good book to talk about because I disagree with a lot of what they say yeah Um, but I also want to know the setting of this book. I'm going to try and figure this out before the next episode. I did not know the whole entire way through the entire book what the setting of the book was. So they have more email. power to you. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. They email. They, they email. do. So it has to be like what me and my kids in my classroom, just the timeline it has to be like- 2000s. Yeah, it has to be early 2000s. So that is enough. Spoiler alert. This this is all about a psychotherapist. And um, clearly, I'm not a psychotherapist. I do not follow or endorse in any means a psychodynamic theory. Um, But this is all about that perspective reading through it. And because it's been such a good story, I'm reading it anyways. So we're going to talk about this story and the plot twists and everything that comes with it in The Silent Patient by Alex Michael, I don't know how to Michael say it. Michael Lides, Michael Lides, Michael Lides, don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to find we out. Will. So we're going to talk about it. It's about a murder. Can't get enough of it, right? <laughs> murder. <laughs> you know, Murder. By the um, end, we'll probably have some very interesting things to say about it if we're as drunk as we are right now, but. Exactly. Um, so that's where we're going to leave off. We're going to try and review The Silent Patient in our next episode of What's for Brunch. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>